Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hi, this is James Mercer from The Shins. This is Shirley Manson. This is Low Tallest, co-founder of The Cure. This is Huey Lewis giving you the story behind the song. The story behind the song is back with an exciting second season. We peel back the layers on music's most iconic hits with legendary artists like The Killers, Heart, The B-52s, Violent Femmes, Jewel, Huey Lewis, Modern English, and more. To keep the music flowing, we'll be sprinkling in classic episodes from our archives between each new one. So check out the story behind the song wherever you get your podcast. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sounds and the Consequence Podcast Network. If you're not already a subscriber to the series, what are you waiting on? Hit that subscribe button right now. We put out interviews every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Would love to keep you up to date on all of those. Of course, you can do that anywhere you get your favorite podcast from, like iTunes and Apple Podcasts and Spotify and YouTube. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today, my guest, Ben Jaffe of the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. They have just released a new album called A Tuba to Cuba. It's a soundtrack of sorts. I mean, it's an album, but it's also tied into a documentary uh, by the same name, A Tuba to Cuba, that uh, Danny Clinch and T.G. Harrington are a part of. So we'll be talking about how the two have worked together and where the whole concept and idea stem from. Tracing back to a trip uh, they took to Cuba back in uh, 2015. Now, of course, when you're talking about Cuba, you're going to end up talking a little bit about politics, and we'll be doing that as well. What that meant to the overall project and how it affected even just their time in the collaborations. We'll talk about that relationship between Cuban music and New Orleans jazz, how both of them do look to the past and have, you know, the sounds rooted in the past, but are always looking to push the music forward. And we'll also get an update on what the uh, Prez Hall Jazz Band has been doing with their Midnight Preserves. As Ben will tell you, it's something that started uh, some years ago and got notoriety with uh, a collaboration with My Morning Jacket and Jim James. They're still doing them, and I'm wondering if they're going to put out another record with those collaborations again. Talking about A Tuba to Cuba, it's Kyle Meredith with the Preservation Hall Jazz Band. 
I want to say, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that we're going to have you back in town September 20th at Bourbon and Beyond. So it's always great to have you here in Louisville, uh, especially behind such a cool project, uh, A Tuba to Cuba. This this album, this soundtrack, whatever you want to call it, it's one of the most refreshing and, and cool records that I've heard all year. So congratulations on that. Oh, man. That's, thank you so much. I mean, everybody, people, we were, uh, we were out at the Rolling Stones last night at the Superdome, and uh, it was just so nice. Like, the whole band went out, and uh, it was just so great. Everybody was coming up to us and thanking us, and, and there's just been this, like, this excitement. Kind of people, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like when your home team wins, you know, like you, you, it makes everybody happy, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and it's, that's a great, it's a great thing to be a part of. It, 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 it's really special. Well, let's get the story on this right here. Yeah. So there's there's a documentary that goes along with it too, uh, and and it's all about a, a trip to Cuba that that the Preservation Hall Jazz Band has taken. Did you do it because they wanted to shoot a documentary? Did the documentary come along because you were going? What's the what's the chicken and the egg there? Yeah, great question. Actually, what what happened was we had been trying to get down to Cuba for years, and we we had some contacts at a university who were bringing. Um, different artists down to Cuba um, on cultural exchanges. So we've been working on this idea for, for years. And then the embargo was lifted and it actually like seemed really plausible that this could really happen. And once it once it once it like came into focus that this was gonna like really happen, I called a friend of mine and said, you know, hey man, we're going to Cuba. Do you think we should bring a couple cameras with us and to just document it? And at the time I was just thinking, let's let's document it for posterity. You know, let's just let's just have something and put it in a can for future generations to, you know, uncover and you know, just put it in our archives. And then it, it, it quickly went to, well, wait, if we're going to document it, let's document it properly. And let's, uh, you know, let's see if, if, you know, if my friend Danny Clinch is available. And, and suddenly it kind of took on this, like, life of its own. And uh, that's, that's how it happened. I mean, the, the, the documentarians followed the band as we did what we do, you know. And that's what's amazing about it is, like, that's exactly what the Preservation Hall Band does whenever we travel. I mean, uh, Danny Clinch, I mean, we're such fans of him around here. And anytime his name comes yeah. up, you know, it's it's like, oh, this is going to be good. I know this is going to be good. Right, right, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah he's been such a, such a close friend of ours. You know, he's like a, a kindred spirit in many ways, and he's, He's in many ways like this this enigma that that is like always in the shadows, you know. And he's not only not only does he document this community of musicians and in in you know creatives, but he's also in 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 a lot of ways part of the 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 community of people that that help create uh, these like safe places for musicians to journey to. And that's a very rare um, person who can do that. I, I always think it helps that he's a musician himself, like that, you know, that, that gives him that ability that you're talking about right there, at least helps it out a little bit. Yeah, he's very, he's, he's, he's aware. He knows, he knows when the moment's going to happen. You know, um, he's been around music so long and he, and because he is a musician, he, he knows that there's like a moment about to happen. And that's sometimes like one of the hardest things for a photographer or a director who's not like intimate about music. I mean, to give you an example, have you seen this documentary, the Aretha Franklin Amazing Grace documentary? Interestingly, that film was made on film by an incredible director who had very little music experience. 
So the film is incredible, but they didn't, after the film was done, they didn't know what to do with it. Um, they didn't know how to sync the music to the video, and they didn't realize that, you know, they needed, like, you know, cue sheets and timers and that the cameras needed. It was, let's just go in there and document everything, and then we'll figure it out. So it's one of those things where it's like, if you're, you really, music is such a, uh, a special thing that, that even if you can document it, it doesn't always mean that you're a great documenter of music, I guess mm -hmm. to say, you know, mm -hmm. and then that, that, that's, that can be frightening for a musician, you know, because often sometimes we've worked in situations where the musicians know that the moment's about to happen and the director will, will say cut. And you're like, Oh shit, that was the moment that was about to happen. Yeah. And you just cut the moment, you know, instead of Danny, like sitting back and he knows when to just sit and be patient and just, he knows that, okay, this comp, he sees where the conversation's going. He sees where it's going. There's a moment in the film where our drummer is having a moment in, in this very intimate environment um, with a sort of a spiritual priest. And, it, it, you know, you have to like allow those moments to just like, to, to just happen because you're, you're seeing this very exposed moment. Well, I, I want to pull back a little bit, you know, as we get into the music here, because he, as Danny uh, creates these amazing visuals or is a part of them, capturing these amazing visuals and everything, and then, and then you have this side of it with the soundtrack that's come out, you know, for A Tuba to Cuba. What are the characteristics of Cuban music? Because you hear it all on here, but what's the... what's Because I, as I've heard you talk before... There are similarities with what we hear coming out of New Orleans, but there are obviously some differences that attract you as well. Yeah, that, it's interesting. I mean, like New Orleans music isn't isn't like all just Cuban, like a an evolution of Cuban music. Where you know, but, but Cuban music and and Spanish traditions uh, have played a very important role in the formation of, of New Orleans jazz and New Orleans music in general, because, I mean, there was music here in New Orleans before jazz. Mm -hmm. That's something that we understand in New Orleans and something that they understand in Cuba, actually, you know. They actually understand, like, the the birth of jazz better. It, it's part of their consciousness, and whereas it's really not part of, of, of our collective consciousness. And what I mean by that is, is that Cuban rhythms, we're finding Cuban rhythms and Cuban, you know, songs and progressions, we're finding their way into New Orleans, you know, since the beginning of New Orleans, which, you know, that's, that's, that's huge. You know, the, the, you know our, our clarinet player, Charlie Gabriel, always talks about these rhythms that are always present in New Orleans music. And I always heard, like, this quote growing up from Jelly Roll Warren that said, you know, the thing about New Orleans music is that there's always the presence, there's always uh, the presence of Spain. There's always a Spanish tinge in our music. And there's always something, there's always a Spanish rhythmic, harmonic sensibility there. So you have, you know, these African rhythms and traditions and spiritual traditions, you know, mixing and, and being influenced by Spain and Cuba and France and Haiti. And that's really where, you know, that that's really the birth of jazz. You know, that mixing with some, you know, some of the American marching band traditions of, you know, military marching traditions. And you start, and, and also the, 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 the Catholic Church and the Baptist Church, you start combining all of these things together. And, and yeah, you get, you know, really one of the very first world music, which is, you know, New Orleans jazz. And, and it's interesting because you've got several sounds represented uh, around this record. I mean, beyond just, you know, the sounds that we would uh, expect to hear 
from from a, a Cuban record. Like there's a song, and, and I'm probably going to butcher the name, but uh, Alegua. I mean, that sounds what I think African sounds like. Yeah, it, it's actually, it is an actual, it's an African chant that is sung in the Santeria tradition. And Alegua is, is, is a African uh, Yoruban god. And that's, you know, that's part of the tradition. Uh, those are actually uh, some singers that, that we know who, who recorded that song. And yeah, it was one of those things when we heard it, we were like, oh my God, this sounds almost like, like a, a blues. It almost sounds like a, like, you know, uh, a gospel choir singing, you know, uh, but it has this like, it has this chanty rhythmic African and, and Cuban sort of six, eight rhythmic pattern as like underlying there. Yeah, it's just a very moving song. And as for, you know, some of the other parts of it, maybe it's because you start with a track called Yesteryear, but it definitely does sound like a style of music from a bygone era. We hear about parts of Cuba because of the embargo, you know, the old cars and the older buildings and everything. But I also kind of get that feeling from this record, too. Like, it sounds like something I might have heard in Cuba, you know, in the 50s or 60s. And I didn't know if that was um, something you were reaching for or something that just happened. It's one of those things that that we connected on with, with Cuban musicians. Is There's a timelessness to the music we create. It doesn't sound old to us, you know. I, I think it sounds old to people because it's played on acoustic instruments. And we're just, people just aren't used to hearing acoustic instruments that much anymore. And so, like, whenever you, as soon as you hear an acoustic instrument, there's something sort of, like, timeless about it. So it does, you know, in that sense, it does, it sounds old, but it also sounds, you know, very modern to me as well. I think that that's, that's one of the, the beauties of, of New Orleans music is, is the is this idea that it's, it's you know, very firmly planted in, in the past, but it's, it's, very, it's very current. It's very today. It's, it's happening now. You know, that's very important to us, you know. I mean, one of the things about Cuba is it is a bit of a time capsule because of the embargo. And not only is it like a, a, in terms of technology, and, and, you know, the buildings are all sort of like, you know, in a you know, photograph that was, you know, it's like a postcard that was taken 50 or 60 years ago. And the music's a bit like that, too. Um, what we discovered was in Cuba, the modern musicians in Cuba, the rock and roll musicians, the punk musicians, the modern jazz musicians, the avant-garde musicians, the electronic musicians, they all have this like deep regard for their traditional music and for the, the music of Cuba. And that's something you only find in New Orleans. Like, I don't really know anywhere else. You know, maybe a little bit in Nashville, you find that. But in New Orleans, it's everybody here has a reverence for the past and, you know, and for the people who came before us. And, and, and I'll point out, you know, in, in that sense, too, because the single that comes out, Keep Your Head Up, is exactly the opposite of what I was saying, much more of what you were talking about, you know, at least what I hear. Like, this does sound rooted in the past, but very much of the present and a, and a futuristic sound there. And, um, and, and I also love how, it, you know, it... Uh, it, it gives that optimistic nod. Like, I'm sure a lot of, uh, not politics, but, but what has been happening in the country has played into, you know, how the music sounds like this, as well as your, your visit. I mean, did it seem like that was sort of uh, the weight uh, that you're carrying behind you through a trip like that as to, you know, what's going on in the world and, and how we see Cuba? Wow. You know, like, where do you even start, right? <laughs> Sorry, I that mean, probably was a bit broad. <laughs> you know, yes, I mean, it, it, these are heavy times that we live in, but it's, it's, it's always been heavy times, you know? It's just that, like, it's, 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 it's heavy right now in, like, a different way. And, like, 
and we're just all trying to figure out how to navigate the world today. And we're all, and I think as musicians, we're all trying to figure out, you know, what is, what is our purpose and what is our role in all of this? And, 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 and how do we use our music to, to connect people and to connect, to connect dots and to connect energy? You know, that's important to us. That's, that's what we, that's what we were trying to achieve with this trip is, is, is actually visiting like a place that is connected to us, not just, you know, historically, but I mean, you know, there's, there's blood connection there. There's, there's actual physical blood connections that connect all of us. And that's something that, that we wanted to, to really understand for ourselves so that we could share that with other people, you know, and that's, that's kind of what we did in the, in, in that first trip we took was we began to see, you know, to explore for ourselves this place that we, this sort of mystical, magical place that we had heard about and, and knew that there was a connection, but, you know, you get there and you're like, oh my God, it, it's, it's basically us, you know, it's us, but they've had a different history and they've had, they have their own problems and they have their own issues and they have their own struggles, you know, mm-hmm. and then that, that, that's true anywhere. I mean, you go anywhere in the world and everybody has struggles. You know, that's something we all share. I mean, we, we, we all need to keep our head up about something, you know. And, and in New Orleans, we, we, we have this way of, of, of always, like, seeking the joy in the moment. It's something beautiful about this city that, I, that I've really grown to appreciate and love as an adult is, is, is our, our knack and affinity for, for, for seeking joy. And uh, being able to, to share it is, is, is why we do what we do. For a place that's so close to us to have so much mystery, uh, and and you know, and, and I think that's why it's also important what you've all done. Like you, you said, the first time you got, have you gone back since that trip? Have you gone back? Oh yeah, we we we, we go back every year, and you know, it's, it's become part of you know all the all the musicians that we've met, that we met, and that we continue to meet. They, they they're all part of us, you know. They're, they again, it's like think about the Preservation Hall band, or think about how many bands actually come from New Orleans. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. we just had a rehearsal and all, all the guys had to do was, was walk over to our studio. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't like uh oh this one had to fly in from there and we had to coordinate. No, I was like, hey guys, come drive over. That's that's like really special. You know, that that's worth like protecting and that's worth celebrating and the the, the whole politics are politics and, you know, people are people and that you know, one thing that 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 we understand here is that that, that music music is, is is beyond politics, you know, because it, we're talking about about uh, human truth and we're talking about um, human condition. You know, that's bigger than politics. Well, the joy comes out all throughout the record, and and I felt like I could compliment a lot of those on here. Uh, one uh-huh. of my favorites, uh, El Manichero. <laughs> what I love about that is. Is there's so it feels like there's a lot happening in there with with the instruments. It feels so loose, like at any point it could just fall apart, but it never does. You know, it's yeah. it's all there contained. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, interestingly, that was a song that like um was like a pop sensation in the US years ago. Yeah. I mean if you if you look it up, it's very interesting. It was like this this pop song that uh from Cuba that became a, a hit in the US. And because uh because of the connection between New Orleans and Cuba, it was a song that people had had always played around New Orleans. So that that actual version of it was recorded in I think like nineteen sixty six originally. And then I remastered it, and I added some instruments to it. That's actually me playing banjo on it, uh-huh. and bass, and uh, drums on it. I uh, I just added some instruments to it to kind of fill it out a little bit. It's actually, and it's my dad on there too, playing tuba. So it was just, it was really beautiful that this was a track that, like, like a Cuban song 
that Preservation Hall had recorded in 1966. And then here we are, like, releasing it again in 2019. Right. That's, you know, unbelievable. You know, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, the, life really is cyclical. It's not, even, it's not even like a circle. I've always told people that, like, life is more like a slinky, where it's just like, it, it's not just one circle. It's like a series of circles that never, like, ends. Oh, I'll pull it into, you know, what, what I've been noticing, uh, at least you all talking about online and everything, with the Midnight Preserves. Is this a one-time thing, or has it been an ongoing thing? Well, it, it's been ongoing. Um, we started it a couple of years before Hurricane Katrina, so it's been a part of our DNA for, you know, about 15 years now. Right. Uh, so it's been going on, but, you know, really the, the first one that, that really kind of got on the radar that, that opened people's, you know, eyes up to it was, was one that we did with, with my morning jacket mm-hmm. when we went on tour with them. And, uh, and when we came back through New Orleans with them to play at the New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival, we made a pit stop at Preservation Hall. And that was the first time that, it, that it, you know, people really, like their ears started perking up and they, they started paying attention and, and noticing what was going on. Well, that probably was one of the things, I guess, that led to that first benefit record that came out. What was that 2010? The record led to my friendship with Jim. And then the friendship with, you know, then my friendship with Jim led to us going on tour with, with Jacket. And that the tour with Jacket led to us recording at Preservation Hall. So that, that was, that was like, it was preservation, friendship with Jim, preservation, tour with Jacket. And then, um, you know, playing, you know, Midnight Preserves. That's always been the, the great little pipeline with uh, with us here in Louisville, and which we all do out there in New Orleans. Uh, it's always been fun to watch and hear. And, you know, and you know, with Jack and I saw Carl Bramel up there with you guys again, uh, you know, not too long ago. Do you see you compiling another sort of one of those records with all of these on it? It's one of those things that, that we did, and, like, nobody... I, I mean, nobody does it like us because it, it's just so pure and authentic. Uh, when we do it, it's just, it's so very honest. When you hear Preservation Hall, we're not like we're not trying to sound like an old band. We just that's how we naturally sound. We, we we've thought about about something like that again in the future. And who knows? I mean, we, we we're just kind of like on this journey, this like musical journey where we're discovering ourselves and kind of you know realizing that like we can take this tradition you know, kind of where, where wherever we want it to go as long as we're we're being sort of true to ourselves and true and honest to the tradition and, and true and honest to New Orleans, you know, so it's who knows where it's going to go, really. Well, I'll use that as the uh, the final seg here again to say uh, one part of the places it's going to go is back here in Louisville. Uh, September 20th, you guys are going to be back in town for the Bourbon and Beyond Festival. I, I did notice you're on the same night as the Foo Fighters, and you've played some shows with them, so I'm hopeful that means something special in the air. That <laughs> Gosh, I mean, you know, again, like very dear friends of ours, people, you know, they're incredible humans and beings, and I, I, you know, last time they were in New Orleans, we, we all jammed together. Um, so who knows what's going to happen? You know, I mean, when you get when you get all of us in a room together, it's just it's you just never know. Well, I'm hoping it's not a missed opportunity. I'm I'm, I'm really really wishing to the universe right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Ben. It's been a, a serious pleasure as always talking to you again. Congratulations on this uh, Tuba to Cuba album, and uh, I can't wait to hear what's next. Thank you so much. Great talking with you. All right, we'll see you. Bye bye. Big thanks, Ben Jaffe, Preservation Hall Jazz Band. The new record is called Atuba to Cuba, and that documentary is also streaming online. 
Hey, don't forget, before you get out of here, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. You can do that anywhere you get your favorite podcast from. Again, we put out multiple interviews every single week, so stay up to date by hitting the subscribe button at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Podchaser, anywhere you get your favorite podcast from, uh, where you can also give the series a rating and leave a review or just say hi. And after that... Head to WFPK.org, where I do a show every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's my new showtime, uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, Monday through Friday, where I debut new songs, uh, play some clips from some of these interviews, lots of anniversary uh, spins as well, WFPK.org. Consequenceofsound.net, they've got your music and film news. You can also find me at Twitter, at Kyle Meredith, Facebook, slash Kyle Meredith. And that does it for another edition. I'm Kyle Meredith, and I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.